0: Welcome, you're listening to a Rollmaster classic actual play set in Terry K. Anthra's excellent Shadow World using Fantasy Grounds. You can find session summaries, items and characters on Obsidian Portal, where our campaign is called The Praise of Old Men. This episode is cross-referenced Chapter 3, Demons of the Burning Night Part 11. We're also on YouTube, Podbean and Twitch where you can find the various links as well as an index of some of the main points of each episode in the description. Previously, after getting into the Kregora room, the party resolved to head back to the pirate stockade. We join them in this episode as they discuss how to handle the untrustworthy inhabitants.
1: You decided, well, um, I don't think you've put on portal. Basically, they've looted the place, but they had a bit of a dilemma in that they came across a large number of items, including, worst of all, probably that hourglass, um, which essentially could lay waste to a town or a city. They found all of these items, which rather than being locked away for people to find, were locked away so that nobody could get hold of them. There are a few weapons as well, um, but they sort of pale compared to some of the other things that the party found. Weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, certainly the uh, the hourglass. So what the party decided was they want to destroy these things. They've got a host of weapons, you know, swords and, and so on to now go into this city, Tarek Nev, and go toe to toe with the demons, ghosts, and so on that are there, to try and find these um, portal rods, which is why you've come here. But what they also want to do is to destroy a lot of the items that they found, which they put back in a chest. The issue is they don't want to get the chest out of the temple, trog it through the jungles to the stockade you remember there's that stockade with the um pirates that have got stranded who you don't quite trust they're led by that huge sort of uh, almost seven foot tall bearded redhead um thug now you guys don't quite trust him and uh his shipmates uh the ship was called the scourge and um, the uh, captain was a guy called Aroth Tikal, if, if name serves me right, but I'll double check that in a minute. So, what you've kind of agreed is you're going to get out of the temple, summon your ship somehow. You might have to go back to the stockade to do so. Summon your ship, get your ship, get your ship back to the temple. Get the chest onto it, and then dump the chest into the volcano, which smoulders and lurks on the northern edge of the islands. Something like that. Anyway. So, 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 so,
2: just a couple of questions. So, so, the sh- just remind me: the, sh- the ship is the flying ship, not the that's it's right, a flying ship. Hence, you can get it to the temple. Second question is, um, g- given the. Given the, the demons and, you know, the, the challenges that lie ahead, are, are we being a bit hasty in destroying or, or getting rid of some of these weapons? Or are they so awesome and, and powerful that we couldn't even deploy them against the demons in Tarant Nev? Is, is, is that the conclusion? we? Can yeah, we wouldn't just be to? the
3: demons in Tarant Nev would kill It'd be all the humans in the stockade and some of the outlying islands. They're that powerful. Well, it's not quite that powerful, but they're very, very
2: evil. Okay, last question then. Why would we, even if, why would we want to destroy such a powerful weapon, you know, just just say in our future there was a Baradour or, a, you know, the equivalent type of place, couldn't we deploy a weapon like this again? Because it might get in the wrong
3: hands. It's been buried in an extremely hard to find tomb on an island full of demons by someone who was trying to hide it in behind a magic proof locked cell, which we managed to open. So someone made a decision, probably I guess, us in a previous incarnation, that this was a very bad thing to have around, and they they hid it. And we don't have anything as effective as that to hide it from, and no no one really that would trust enough to give it to and keep it in safe
4: hands. Yeah, that was part of it, we've destroyed all the guardians around that locked treasure. Pl- you know. As well, so it's gonna be even easier for someone to just dream along. Yeah, we've also like got him Silk him. in our party, he's almost certain to use it yes. as some just <laughs> so. uh.
0: And yeah, and you're coming across very much very much like Boromir in the in the in the council meetings. It is a <laughs> gif- it is a gift That's right. I don't
2: know. I mean, well, uh, I mean there, there's, some bad, right. there's some bad there's some bad operators in this world, I imagine, and
1: uh, yeah, there are just to throw away a weapon. And one simply doesn't just walk into Tarak Nev, does one?
2: (laughs) That's right, maybe.
1: Do you think
2: think if we chuck this weapon into Tarak Nev, the rods would survive and everything else would uh, perish? Or is this weapon so powerful to take out the whole island?
1: Um, Have a quick check at the... Yeah. Have, have a quick check i know you've actions. all
2: made the decision and I'll, um, so, so i'm so sorry no no I'm
3: it's, on obsidian. it's on it's obsidian, obsidian portal that's like stuart was saying so you can read it all about it there but yeah you'll probably make the same decision once you've read it
0: yeah i mean i think the arrow class isn't that the one that you can smash and it just starts bringing itself back together again
3: yeah you can't that's even right. destroy that uh, I'll, I'll put a link to that in discord for you so you can have a look at it uh and but it's pretty that's pretty nasty
1: However, you did get some useful things. So there's a, um, they're not nearly as exciting. I mean, there's a carpet of meditation, which if you sit on it, it gives you a plus 25 bonus to your meditation skill. Um, I think Silk got irrationally excited about that. So did Ugnan. I'm a bit, I'm still scratching my head as to exactly how that's going to make you into world champions, but never mind. Half asleep. Uh, well, yeah. I say, well, you know, if that's the most powerful item you've ever. Had from a DM, a, a item that helps you sleep. You, you've really been unlucky.
0: Well, um, partially
4: that, and then if you get into a meditative state, you get a bonus for attunement of items as well, so it'll help that. In that is
1: industry. true. That is true. Silk, you're spoiling my my mojo here. <laughs> oh, absolutely right. Um, that will help. I think more exciting than that, um, and I think there was a. And I told uh, people you have got a carpet of flying. Um that was it. Well, yeah. So so you have got some useful things amongst them. Not everything was evil and must be destroyed. Um, but anyway, you've decided that you want to leave the stuff in the chest and to go back to the stockade where cal and his mercenaries are. You'll remember that there are I think seven of them. porgno uh Pesrel, Kelluk, Jahod, Ern avarok and Aroth T'Kal, who's the sort of big, hulking, uh, warhammer-wielding captain of the Scourge. Their story is that they were sailing across the boiling seas, their ship got attacked by um, a huge sea serpent, and they've been stranded on the island ever since. You, if you can recall, you reached a fairly uneasy truce with them. Um, If I just show you a quick, or reveal the map of the stockade, um so you explored their stockade. That map is coming through now, uh complete with um strange obsidian spire at the center. Um, and the kind of last thing you did before you headed off to the temple was silk and I think cherry silk's clever use of long door, I think it got you inside that obsidian tower and allowed you to explore it and i'll send you that as well um it did have a door but it was cunningly hidden uh you made your way up from the ground floor which is to your sort of left hand side to the second floor where there were just barrack beds there was a ladder going up to a top floor which you guess is where this great hulking red-bearded captain sleeps um, there were loads and loads of bookcases there, you'll remember, and uh, Silk and Cherry uh, stole a couple of books to keep Ugnan happy. Meanwhile, the rest of you down below, story that you were going to wander off into the jungle, you were exploring. You'd been very careful to keep Aroth and his crew away from your airship. Um, obviously, Aroth... Um, is keen to get he and his crew off, and he's tried every way he can to negotiate with Cran, um, use of the airship, help getting off the island, and so on. As you left things, Cran, you not quite promised Araf after cow but you assured him that you'd help his crew escape from the island, because of course they're stranded.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so before we get back, as we're kind of strolling through the beautiful Buttercup Fields. It is. surrounded by demons on all sides uh, yeah. we'll just have a quick chat about that before we get back just so everyone's on in agreement of what we should offer them so i kind of say well uh well chaps remember i did kind of say we'd help them get off the island don't know exactly how we're going to do it but i think they're a dangerous bunch of fuckers so i think we should just like drop them off somewhere or come back with a boat
2: and let them sail themselves off or something what do you think? Well, can we, uh, de- can we disarm them or have them disarmed when we take before they come on our ships, so they don't try and
3: yeah, to... Even even okay. with the disarming, there's quite a lot of the bastards, and they're
2: hard men, so I wouldn't yeah, I wouldn't trust them. Well, we,
0: we could trust you them. Know, up. Indeed, would you would,
2: at least you'd have an advantage if they tried to.
0: It's very simple. We'll do it because they're that desperate. I'm sure they'd do anything. So they they drop the weapons. They uh, agree to be tied up. Uh, we'll have used a lot of provisions by then, so we can keep them uh, in a corner under guard somewhere. And like you said, big lad, as soon as we get into a decent bit of a uh, landmass, we just drop them off at the first opportunity. They should be happy about that, giving their weapons back, should be it. Yeah, might work.
4: They seem to at least trust us as far as things went before we entered that obelisk.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think they're just trying to keep us sweet, really, so that they bring we bring that... Airship within their grasp, and they'll they'll try and grab it. Mm -hmm.
2: Silk, I think. uh, They they didn't know we entered the obelisk, did they? So you've got certain assets that
3: may may have influenced their appreciation of us.
2: Well,
4: that's true. Yeah, there's a reason they were made dresses tight.
1: That might be something you'll have to take care of. They obviously noticed um, the fact that if you remember both cherry and silk got um, some, some attention that was probably not exactly desired.
4: Yeah.
1: Don't that be so hasty!
4: More. <laughs>
1: catch me, catch me!
4: Now uh, has the perfect hourglass shape as well. I can loan <laughs> him one of my dresses.
0: Yeah, broken hourglass is trying to bring itself together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss this. Well, one, so, one thing is uh, thinking ahead if we get into Tareknev Nev and we get what we want we'd probably hopefully get the airship to pull us straight out of there almost like a kind of evac um yeah could we use that to advantage and tell these pirates look that's where we're getting picked up at and maybe even use them as um i don't want to say fodder because that would be quite an evil thing to say but you know as a as um as frontline troops
4: uh
3: yeah <laughs> They're not going to, even with the kind of firepower we've got, we're going to be hard-pressed. I wouldn't, I, there any, I don't know, ruffians and in the pirates, they're not kingpins in the underworld, I wouldn't have thought, so. No,
0: they're not. Okay, so I suppose then it's just if it's the decent thing or not, do do we come back for them? And really, I think Uggen's not an evil man, so he'd be, be want to come back for them.
1: The issue you've got Think So your crew on your airship um, is small, so there's you six, your crew number's about six. Uh, Aroth leads a crew himself, uh, or a gang, of uh, six as well. So in terms of numbers, you're going to have to show some caution, because um, if Aroth and his crew manage to best you, then he's got control of the airship if Arof bests the crew on your airship in any reason for any way or tries to have a go at the fight. Though having said that said, there's no evidence at all that Aroth or his crew have got the first idea of what to do with an airship. That that takes a particular skill.
3: So Yeah, and if I'm being honest, there's one thing about stealing a ship, there's another stealing an airship which is probably worth a hundredfold and has extremely powerful owners. So yeah, that, that would be very yeah, that you
4: don't want to mess with.
3: Yeah. Agnon, I will yeah. leave I'll leave uh, Veracity the General to uh, come up with a suitable threat to them about why they would be very stupid to try and take the ship by force. But I'm all on on for taking them on board. They'd actually probably be quite useful to leave on the ship while hmm. yeah. reverse that. But yeah, we could bring them on board once we leave the island maybe.
4: So gets really excited and says, and besides, if they do take it, we can try one of the portals. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Uglin's slapping his forehead.
1: Corran rolls his eyes shakes his head. <laughs>
0: yeah.
4: shakes okay, so sky.
1: the journey back, if you follow back to the back uh, to the Stock Age, remember the Stock Age has been there quite some time in these pirates, uh, mercenaries, have um, renewed the planking, renewed the timber on the outer stockade. They haven't built it, they've just renewed it. This has obviously been a home for numbers of other shipwrecked sailors who presumably have perished. If you remember, there are no stories of anybody sailing to the island of Aranmore and returning. Mm-hmm. You're also aware that you've got about a week before your rivals are probably imminently going to descend on the island themselves. You remember the minister this uh, fugitive in Selkai has been tasked with redeeming himself by leading a ship to come to Aranmore as well for various items uh, which I don't think have been disclosed to you. you They're coming by conventional ship, you came by airship and therefore have got considerable advantage in time. We've got about a week, perhaps slightly less, before they're due to arrive. And they're going to come with a ship, if they can survive the seas, if they can survive the great serpents which infest the seas around Aranmore. Um, that will be another vessel which could offer hope to Arroth and his me. Anyway, i could do is help
3: them take that ship, and then let them use it as their own afterwards.
1: You could do my enemy's enemy is friend. Yeah, because the other,
3: I I vaguely remember having some kind of conversation about we could do with good captains as part of our wider crew of burgeoning (laughs) traders trading in fine wine, spirits, and beers, or whatever. (laughs) Yes, trading it. Um, and he did seem to be a highly competent sailor, as far as I recall.
1: Yeah, Arof, um, just talking to him. I mean, he's still got both legs. He doesn't wear, um, you know, uh, one of those white sweaters and doesn't have a pipe. But everything else about him bespokes a son of the sea. You probably even notice that he removes the odd barnacle from time from his arse. But yeah, he does sound like a competent sailor. Not that you're an expert, Cram, but talking to him. He probably comes across as more of a warrior than a seaman. But that's the nature of being a pirate. Certainly, his vessel, the Scourge, and his crew seem very, very loyal. That's any indication.
3: Because if we set him up with basically with a new ship, even though, ie, we help him take it, he has to fight for it himself. We'll help fight for it, and then offer him, I don't know, him and his crew, fifty percent of all takings. That's still we're still ahead, aren't we? In that, and we may have a loyal captain for life. I don't think it crosses as well because. (laughs) Where he is, his? he's got a ship. We've got a sky ship. So uh,
1: that kind of trumps him, uh, all ends up. Yeah. And you could negotiate with him and see. He's got six men. He might want you to help him take control of the ship. He might then prove to be a loyal friend, a loyal servant. Um, you won't know until you try, I suppose. You know that the journey back from this hidden temple, uh, the Temple of um, the Forgotten Night, it's about, oh, uh, half a day's trek through the jungle. You'll recall you were warned by Arof to avoid certain places as being dangerous. And you yourselves came across an open ground of moss, which gave you um, the willies. There were things moving under the moss. Oh, shapes I remember that now, yeah. And ripples. And rather than moving across quite easy, gentle, undulating, moss-covered ground, you took a slightly more awkward route and followed the riverbank. As it was, that actually probably worked out best because it meant you, you know, the tab ended up being almost on the river itself. Yeah. I'm assuming you want to follow the same route back? Yeah, yeah definitely. Rather than being bold and heading off in a completely different direction like a typical student D of E group.
0: Okay? And I think there was some threat from the trees possibly, so we're going to keep half an eye on that as well.
1: Yes, Arath had said basically almost everything that lives on the island style. You've seen, obviously, these great um, sort of uh, sentient ape creatures, the... Um, I've gone blank on what they're called now. Uh, um Gorks. You to, Thank you, Garchs, that's right. That you had to scare away. These things can use weapons as well. Fairly primitive, but they can use them. They infest the trees. But there are also other strange creatures as well, which you've been told don't take prisoners, don't communicate, and just kill. Uh, And they're the things that have got rid of so many stranded mariners in the. You might recall that Aroth's crew um, were far more numerous when they first landed. And he's recorded on the ship's wheel, which they rescued, and which has a pride of place in the stockade, they've recorded some of the names. Of the people that have died on the island, so the island is quite treacherous. Okay, you head back to the stockade. Can you all give me perception rolls, please, as you approach? Um, just normal perception rolls will do. Oh,
3: um, crept over the wire. Look at that. Silks um, gazing up at the s-
4: cloud formations again. Look.
0: Ooh. Ooh.
4: I
1: really was.
0: Are you still here? After after <laughs> seeing that SD roll, I thought, oh god, what's she done?
1: No no. <laughs> Headed north towards the volcano.
4: <laughs> I've already got the hourglass to get it. <laughs> <hourglass>. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, did any of you check? Uh, serious, more seriously, did any of you check because you do know what Silk is like. Ah. Did any of you check what Silk left the temple with?
3: <laughs> no. don't cheat so don't take this, this to... offensively
4: but strip all your clothes off <laughs> yeah right but all <laughs> of a but sudden, my prison
1: wallet all of a sudden the carpet <laughs> takes to the air and silk says look i've got the hourglass everything will be fine
4: that's <laughs> right i'm <laughs>
1: gonna end this once and for all right now okay so from a distance um you can all see that the um stockade gates are open And you can see the familiar sight of uh, a couple of mercenaries patrolling the stockade. One of the first indications you had that Aroth's crew were quite disciplined and more than just starving survivors was the fact that he disciplined them sufficiently so that they keep a regular watch, they're alert on watch with weapons to hand after weeks and weeks and weeks of um, incessant heat and the hum of mosquitoes and other insects. Anyway, you can see two men uh, on duty patrolling. Uh, Cran and Silk recognize them. Cran, you can see that there's a man called Avarok, who you sort of remember vaguely. Avarok has a huge two handed sword, and he's got a curiously old fashioned shirt that's uh chain but made of uh, quite fine brass links. Um, a little bit old fashioned, but it works. Hey, uh,
0: Avarok, how are you doing?
1: Abarok looks up and waves and he shouts across to his friend. You recognize his friend, unfortunately, Silk, as Jahod or Jahod. Uh, Jahod is one of the men who note your um, uh, attributes. Huge and hulking. Um, he doesn't seem to have any weapon. He's quite proud of the fact that mo- that no man has stood up to his right hand. Um, something that he's quite proud of not that he says that around um, Arof who is just huge uh, and it's Jahad who's been um, more than friendly silk however okay. uh, the pair of them call cool down um, to the stockade you've been gone probably a little over a day to be honest you don't look the worse for wear and after a while you can see Arof make way up from The jungle and from the riverbank into the drier, sandy area that, that surrounds the palisade. You can see Aroth uh, take his position. You're back then, you're all right, but, yeah, can you all?
3: There's uh, so the basically, thanks for the advice about the uh, the, the mosque place, the nice place. And we we headed straight to that, that temple place and uh, had a few problems with some gark, but apart from that. And untold undead, uh, everything went swimmingly. All
1: right. You, uh, you, you find anything then? And you can see him. He's obviously uh, quite a close look at you at what you're carrying.
3: This um, and that. As, if... uh, basically, Cran sinks up to his ankles in the soft earth uh, under the weight of weaponry
1: on his back.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be carrying stuff as well, probably carpets or wherever.
1: That's all right. Our <laughs> You know you could be carrying a ford fiesta back Aropel.
0: nothing to eat boy nothing to eat unfortunately just uh okay. old, old bits um, of tuft
1: old bits of gear okay all right avarok is a little bit more observant um so he peers across and you can see he whispers uh something to Aroth. and Aroth has another squint uh he can't help but notice your sword crammed a uh, great big two-handed sword that it is it's only seven foot long that's even taller yeah than exactly yeah, well, you know, perception roll of 52. Like I said, you can carry it. Forward. Is that... quite actually has two two-ended swords. He's also got
3: a
4: scythe about the same length with some blade each end and then a massive no, not battle. How are you
1: really walking with all that.
4: We actually uh, have him on a cloak and we're dragging him everywhere we go. <laughs> <laughs> Just
1: pointing in uh, the right direction. Where's my... Right, right now, Crank
3: can't actually, his perception's at minus 100 because he's just got it in both arms and it's just stacked mm-hmm. above his eyesight. To well, all
1: of you have, I think all of you have blades and new weapons and uh, Avarok has indicated to Aroth that you've got that. And Avarok looks at and says, oh, you, you found a weapon, cache? then? Was that incredible? Yeah, we, ne-
3: we needed that to go and take the fight to these demons on the island. So, uh, got that now. But I've um, got a proposition for you, big lad. And he looks at Agnon and goes quite like that phrase and then, <laughs> uh, he he says um, <clears throat> you need to get off the island we know that within a week there's going to be another ship here basically looking for the same stuff but they're nasty men on that ship we don't like them but we're very prepared to hate to help you uh, take the ship on one important criteria that is you become part of our trading group afterwards Uh Keep the ship. You get 50% of any other takings. We keep 50%. And we set you up again. You get off to the island. Everyone's happy. What do you say?
1: Arof folds his arm and he says, interesting, interesting. Why don't you bring your, your crew in, uh, into the stockade? Um sure you're, uh, you're in need of something to eat and drink. Uh, um, we can talk some more about this. Bring your lads in. Oh, and, and the ladies, and you can see that uh, one of the others looking at, um, looking at your silk appreciatively.
4: I uh, drop something and go and bend over and pick it up with no
1: knee. You. Okay, no knee dip. Okay. Bloody
0: hell, silk! Stop it.
1: <laughs> okay, so when you come into the stockade you've got them out there so you come in through the main gate they close those gates a couple of men are left sort of on duty if you'll recall apart from the obsidian sphere that there is at the center there are three other sort of small buildings there's a small privy across in the northwest corner and in the southeast and southwest there are two buildings the building to the southeast which is the slightly nicer of the, of the two uh, whereas the pirates Brigands, cutthroats, they sort of crowded into the other. Anyway, all of the crew are out and they're preparing what like some sort of wild goat or pig over a fire. Uh, you can see the fire on your map. And our motions for you to sit down or rest, points across to the room or rather the uh, shack that you've used before. And uh, again, he notices the weapon and he says, uh, Those look like uh, some nice blades. You get those, yeah. Are there any more? Uh,
3: none in there to be found, but if I'm being honest, I've got too many. I'll throw in a bit of a sweetener if you want. If you join us, you look like the sort of man who's worthy of a blade like this.
1: He looks at you and says, Uh, maybe, maybe there's uh, do you want to um, how far away is this temple then? Because we we um, we've never visited it, you see, left it alone, didn't know if it was you know haunted. Covered with darks, it was when last we scouted it. Is it, uh, is it safe? Yeah,
3: no, def- definitely not safe.
1: <laughs> not anymore,
0: you, lad.
3: <laughs> you, you, you boys aren't aren't geared to do that. Yeah.
1: Uh, there's nothing
3: left in it. We've got everything out of there, but yeah. uh, safe is not the word I'd use.
0: No, no, we uh, are. Right. Let's just say we opened the door we shouldn't have. <laughs> Spilling out, they are All now. Right. We close the door, try to seal it before us. I wouldn't go in there, advise you, lad. Um, unless you have got about three times as many people we've got here right now you ever seen creatures um, wrapped in bandages dead but alive well it's crawling no, with them does,
1: there. It, okay he doesn't seem particularly worried but you get the feeling that he's noting the fact that your group that include two women and therefore probably in his eyes probably not as handy in inverted commas, as his own crew. But he doesn't make a big deal about it. He's quite interested in your deal, Cran, and he says, so uh, so when is this other ship supposed to land? And where's your airship, Bob? When's that picking yeah. you you fellas up?
3: Uh, on our signal. The other ship's going to be here about a week's time. We've got a limited time. We're, we're here. Fucking hell, actually. I'm here to fulfil a prophecy with these boys and girls. We found a out that recently. A prophecy.
0: Yeah, it sounds fucking.
3: It sounds fucking ridiculous, doesn't it? Me from it really fucking icy wastes, just being a mercenary my whole life. I'm apparently some important
1: person in a prophecy. But... Can you can you all give me perception? as the conversation just begins to carry on? Just give me a quick perception roll, please. Normal perception rolls would be fine. Thank you. Ooh, Cran nicely done. Cran's a suspicious bugger. Goodness me, all of you rolling over a hundred. <laughs> um. N- unless it's binary. A of, yeah. Our a crew of six. Three men are now sort of patrolling the walkways, but only one of them is sort of towards the north. The other two are hanging around the gate. None of them have missile weapons. A pair of them are sort of staring down at your group as you sit around the fire. One man doesn't seem to be present. The other two are basically tending to the food, which smells actually quite decent. Though these uh, Aroth's crew are more fighters, probably, or come across as more fighter than sailor, they can at least prepare food uh, that's fit to eat. And certainly the smell of uh, fresh roasting uh, goat is better than anything else. Anyway, Mm Aroth is interested in in your deal. He obviously asks you a few more questions about your ship. He glances across at Cherry and Silk. Um, and he's clearly a little bit suspicious about this temple. So uh, so you managed to get out. None of you seen that, that badly injured.
4: Look at the grease in my friend Agnin's, uh hair and beard. That uh, that bandaged one almost sucked the life out of a... it.
3: I'll, I'll lean over and just whisper to Silk, uh, look, I know men like this. They need some fucking big display of I don't know, magic or something. They don't believe a woman... Would be able to do anything to help our crew. And looking around, they're they're a tough bunch of bastards. So, anything you could do to, should um, we say, show off uh, your skills a little bit would be helpful. It may actually keep some hands off you as well.
1: At which point, them goes white and says, "Not those skills. Not those skills."
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: So. No, there's demon skin. Call demon. House.
4: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> At which point, Silk says, "Well, fortunately, I brought back the hourglass. How about I use?" <laughs> okay, so do you want to give them a brief display of magic, or do you
4: just to I'm checking my level in the overcasting right now. <laughs> no. okay. uh okay, there's a fireball actually. that's my level now, so i'll I'll take a couple of rounds, two rounds to and I'll chant shouting, screaming, gesticulating wildly. of course,'ll make sure the the fireball lands on top of the obelisk, so it's a bright. Display where the sphere will be perfectly <laughs> surrounding it.
1: You incinerate there, there, uh, then <laughs> yes. palisade which is made of wood.
4: No, no, way above it. Like I say, <laughs> just so that it doesn't. They'll feel the heat of it.
1: All right, it's make a um, make a spell cut to just not go. it. So silk begins yeah. to prepare a spell, and the crew go quiet. The oh say stand, stand back, begins, boys. Yeah. <laughs> at which point, silk basically gesticulates wild Thrusts out with her hands and there's a great ball of orange um, energy which appears. Or do, you, or does it fly from your hands, Silk?
4: Yeah, it flies from my hands. I'll reach back really dramatically and chuck it sidearm style way up in. The-
1: okay, so you uh, attempt to knuckle the um, the uh, obelisk. So there's a great ball, probably about the size of a. Uh, uh, a large basketball appears over the uh, obelisk and it shatters into spark, which rain down, but of course don't dissipate before they hit the ground. Most of the crew flinch and duck back. Uh, one almost uh, ducks underneath the walkway. Aroth too, you can see is visibly not shaken, but he's aware of the power that you wield, silk. And he nods, purses his lips, and you've probably got the message across that um, you're not to mess with.
0: So it's, it's um, like this. As a, as a, sorry, I got an open. No, It's like, like this, Arif. That's a little skinny elf. She can do that. Points to Sharna. Her, you will not be able to lay a hand on, but she'll break you in half. Well, not you personally, but anybody who tries it. See her, to Cherry. Get away with her <coughs> with a bow or a blade or she can be sneaky as, as she likes. Those three are bloody deadly. You know the big lad; he'll split you in two. And you see the girly elf. Sorry, the 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 elf <laughs> over there looks at <laughs> looks at yarn Says many many <laughs> oh, as many many skills.
4: Okay, and good. me, um, I'm a good cook.
2: Oh <laughs> hang on, let
4: me finish. Let, finish. Go on, I would let, have let you me finish. What about you? Wrong. I'm just a good cook.
0: It says, Pat's his belly. At which
1: point, yeah, I was going to say, Pat's his belly and says, And me, I can fart for England. <laughs> right, um, <laughs> give me a presence roll, please, Ugnan, Because I don't think there's any sort of... <laughs> <laughs> right. At which point, you probably matter. I think. <laughs> um, okay. Was that um, okay? Yes. That was
0: where you do add up. A... I'll, I'll, I'll turn around and wink, wink at Cran. Think I've got a <laughs> yeah.
1: Cran, obviously what, what Ugnan has said is obviously supposed to really impress Ar- uh, Aroth. He's he's impressed but um, the great words that Ugnan came out with, well, yeah, bluster, bluff, and you know, as they say, dogs that bark haven't got Bite. It's the dog that has a part that you're worried about, really. Okay, like um, she makes the boom boom, she makes so, the bang bang. I to Say look.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look—you look like you've seen some service. Probably some some tough nights. Some, probably some tough sieges you've been with. I have too. Been in a lot of campaigns, and I will have to say there is not a single one of these I've replaced with anyone I ever fought with before. It's not. Tough people aren't just big and wield swords like you and me. I wouldn't fancy taking any of these people on individually. Glad they're at my back.
1: Give me a presence roll, Kren. So you, you are fucking kidding. A, him on shoulder. <laughs> Negative. Sorry, not, uh, yeah, um, yeah, I need a presence. So again... There you go. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> so Aroth kind of waves and says, yeah, yeah, all right. So, uh, all right, So, so I guess you're... Your crew, are, crew are handy. So tell me then, and he sits down. Which you take as that okay. Now we're. Good.
3: I'll I'll sit all down right. with him and I'll get my bat, battered old brandy flask out and offer it to him. I'll
0: stir all the right. cooking pot. He, <laughs> all right,
1: <He> not <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and try not to be noticed. Anyone got any uh, oregano? Yeah. <laughs> you know that um, was it in the uh, oh in the anchor man where one of them says. Well, that quickly escalated, didn't it? <laughs> um, wow, a whole cheese, will I'm, I, I'm not even mad. I mean, <laughs> um, so uh, you start stirring the food, and the others taking their cue from Aroth, You can kind of feel that they're treating you with a little bit more respect. They may not like you. They may not. You may not trust them, but they're certainly wary of you now, rather than looking at you. With victims who they're biding their time on you're no longer the marks that they thought you were um looks is the way that
2: they're looking at silky changed in any way, the
1: way yes at silk. Uh, definitely cherry as well the men are still on duty but they're now looking a little interested in what's going out in the jungle rather than waiting for a cue from aroth basically to attack you and probably strip you of all you belong so they're now Going to deal you with a little bit, certainly more caution and respect. You probably now feel a little bit safer. Wait, Still going to well, have to be Oognen careful around this. Willis. But you're going to have to be safer. um The fact that Ugnan was willing to speak up, even if he wasn't quite convincing, the fact that Silk clearly has mighty magic at its disposal. Cran is a great big hulking brute of a, a man, you know, six Cran and big with it across the chest and shoulders and scarred aroth is going to talk to you and that's a significant achievement so aroth looks at ukraine and says uh right so uh this ship then that's going to be coming in Where is it from who crews it
3: then uh i'll look at ugner and go i shrug my shoulder i don't really know much about it i was a bit bored when it came to that bit uh at a conversation but
0: nasty look uh you heard about uh, you heard of the Iron Wind, Iron Bell, basically people who'd like the undeath to take over this world. So the demons here, they love them to be all over the place. One of them ones who's leading it up, he's, he's caused a few problems, he's, we've caused him a few problems, uh, and he's now on his last chance, so he's coming over here uh, to retrieve some items from the city. We'll have him before then, we'll have a nice ambush waiting, we'll put him to the sword, or whatever we have to do empty empty ship as the big lad says if you want to take it on then you take it on
1: alright so what you're suggesting is then we help you ambush this crew and we get the ship and in return for your help we get the ship and because we've helped you we're going to be trading partners something like that you want us to because you've helped us guide it. Yeah. we we'll uh, as far no, as that, no. yeah.
3: Arof, we don't know you yet. We don't trust you. Uh, clearly, you've got some capabilities in your crew. Hopefully, sailing has been one of them. You're not, If I'm being blunt, you haven't really got much option. We're going to take the ship with or without you. But if you want to help out and you want to demonstrate some of your worth so we can see you in action, that's what we're inviting you to do. It ain't no partnership yet. This is going to be you working for us, but we will give you... And you, you know this game. We're going to give you half of the value of any sales of trade, um, which is well beyond what a ship's crew would normally get. I'll leave it up to you, Arif, to divide that out amongst your your crew.
4: All right,
1: Cran. Give me. Can you all perception roles first? Because you're all sort of listening to this. Um, I don't think there's a better role. There's nothing like intuitions or anything like that, um, or sense motive. So give me. Okay. Right. So. So as Cran uh, speaks to Aroth, all of you are around there. Um, at the mention of the ship, taking over a ship, um, Ugnen, uh, Numel and Silk, you're aware that, yeah, that's definitely piqued his interest. He wants to get off. Kran, you'd be aware of that too. However, as soon as Cran started talking about the fact that, you know, prove your worth, uh, you're going to help us, um, you haven't got any choice. Aroth is a very, very proud man. Ogden, you were definitely aware as soon as that intimation that Aroth needed you was made, Aroth became not uneasy, but you can see there's a red flush to his face. Um, Aroth is clearly very, very proud, leading a band of quite, you suspect, quite vicious cutthroats he has to be the alpha male any hint that he's not out in any day and his men could turn against him so he's you know, you, have, you haven't made him cross but he's getting a little bit het up so he looks at ukraine and he says so uh so you want me and my lads to prove ourselves to you but we'll get 50 percent of anything what that we ship is that right any trading value,
3: any yeah, any, any anything we trade, when it's sold, you get fifty percent of the profits. You'd be taking risk. You know the risks at sea. I like you. I like you and your crew. I think you could do this job. Not only that, I think the fact you survived here, it's got some real discipline around camp. That's probably down to you. It's impressed me. I wouldn't be making the offer otherwise. But we don't know you yet. I know these fellas here. I could trust them in my life. We've only just met you. Um, right. What what about what I like
0: about you, big lad, is that. The first night we were here, you clearly were underestimating us and you thought we might be Marks, but you didn't make your moves. You gave us a chance and that's what that's what I like about that mate.
1: He um he calls over to one of the men, Porgno, and you suspect that Porgno might be at some point may have been a second fairly important person. Porgno has <laughs> a scimitar and you suspect he's carrying some sort of uh blowgun with him. He's got what looks like a long hollow bamboo pole and you can see there are some darts, uh, quite crude ones, stuck in his belt. Porgno, you've heard all this. 50% trading. What do you reckon? Porgno grins, showing um, quite disarmingly white, even teeth. Um, And he smiles and says... He's from the Upper West Side. Yeah, sorry. so I say trading. How awfully fun! <laughs> um, Pogner looks across and says, "Trading, trading, no, boss. I, trading. What do we know about trading? The pirates. We fight. We kill. Trading? No, no. Is this No, trade. I eh? uh, base. No, no. no not trade. Is uh, no. And he makes a dismissive." Notion and turns back to patrolling. arof looks at you and says, Look, I've sort of, I'd like to help you, uh, Cram, but you heard it. We'll help you take the ship. In fact, we'll take the ship. Your help would be greatly appreciated uh, and I'll owe you a debt. But you, you know, my crew, look at us. Do we look like traders? We ain't going to be trading silks and fine wines. Um, that's, that's not what we do. I'd have thought that a year ago, but look at me now.
3: And I look down at myself, covered in shit, blood, and, uh, and ripped clothing, and going, "Hasn't changed me."
1: Uh, Aroth reaches over and slaps you on the shoulder, Cran, and grins. Can you give me a perception roll, folks, please? Sorry for for all of these rolls. It's the best way I know um, getting through this. Give me some perception rolls. Don't have to be in the tower. You can make them in the open. It's fine.
3: I put my hand um, on his on his opposite shoulder, and uh, I think. I, <laughs> okay. um, I think we've got an understanding. Okay. I think you've got a bloody yeah. kiss. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Arolf says, hey, no tongues.
4: <laughs>
1: you. no. Uh Arolf, um, e- you've done you've made the right gesture. One of um trust, it's a bit like grasping another <clears> warrior's <throat> sort of forearm. Arrot says, Look, we ain't traders. Uh you help us get this shit. So you're the boss of a trading cup, right? You run traders and shit. Uh, well, we are uh, part of the crew. Uh, if I'm being honest, Ugnan's the brains behind the, behind the whole
3: proceedings. Okay. He looks at, uh, at you. I look over at Cherry actually and say, well, actually, no offense, Ugnan, but I reckon Cherry's the brains behind the proceedings." <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know.
1: She's Let, definitely a trader. Forget, let's not forget the grand Ugnan conjectures which is very much of the devious plots okay so aroth looks across at cherry and you and shrugs and says look whichever one of you is the bot we ain't traders but you've got a fleet right and that that fleet of ships will need protection yeah and you'll need to uh what's the word uh Pogdo? and Paul no smiles and says uh, diversity <laughs> Aroth says yeah you know we'll need a diversive so, you want another come, won't you? You know,
3: I'll oh, not sort of scratch my beard and say, um, don't understand a diverse whatever that was, but uh, I do quite like the idea that if there's some under the table stuff to be done, we've got a go to guy we can trust to uh, to help out with that. What do you say right. to that, Arof? Arof smiles and
1: says, yeah, I, I think we've got a accord. So, uh, Cherry, and he looks at you, Ogden. Um, and he says, so, who am I talking to then? If I'm talking to the boss, who am I talking to?
0: Well, that's the uh, great thing about this little band of ours. There isn't a boss. We've no, all got our own little no, skill no, set.
1: Our no, no, no. said, no, I need to know who I'm dealing with and who i come to if there's a problem, and I need to talk about a letter of Mark. Who's going to sign my cruise? And he sort of prods the ground. He's not angry, but he's being quiet firm here you get the sense that he wants this sorted out who am i talking to to sign my letter of mark he looks across at you Numa, and he clearly recognizes that recognizes you as an aquatic elf uh and he yeah. says well ain't him is it now i know he's probably gifted and everything and he can't Thank help you. but notice your swords but he ain't the boss no disrespect, Cran, It ain't you. I know your skill set is, well, you know, it's like that big bastard over there. And he points to the guy who's been sort of showing his biceps at Cherry from a distance and getting no interest whatsoever. <laughs> so you're probably like him, right? You're, you're, you know, you're handy. But who is signing my letter of mark? I mean, no disrespect, lady. And he looks at you, Sil. I doubt it's you, is it? Because I know what you, uh, you know books and spells and i bet beneath you so it's either you fella and he looks at yieldman you, or you miss can you all make perception rolls? please? god who knew that one skill in rollmaster every... um,
4: that's in my games too right? that would be the most we,
1: developed yeah we kind of almost need a house rule to develop equation and all the rest of it anyway yeah. so Clearly his vocabulary changed. He's referring to Silk as the lady, to Cherry as Miss, Pran, you know, by your first name. So he's clearly on your side, treating you with some respect, but he's clearly bothered by who the boss is. He's not at all impressed by, oh, we're a democracy, we share. So he looks at you and uh, and he looks at Cherry, and he's saying, so, come on, Cran, tell me, which of these am I with? Who's signing my letter? I will, I will happily crew a ship under a letter of mark. Any contraband we seize, any cargo we see, any ships we scuttle, we will share with you 50%. That is a great deal. But who am I working for?
3: Cran, Cran's mind starts whirring and he's thinking back to times in Selkine, thinking, fucking hell. Ugnan absolutely loves paperwork. I seem to remember. <laughs> and then goes, uh, well, it, it's Ugnan. I don't. And then he sort of thinks, oh, can Cherry actually write? <laughs> no, he says, can't yeah. actually. And so uh, Ugnan's your man um, for, for, for signing
0: the paperwork. Well, I'm, I'm, I am I'm. think it's Cherry who's actually the one who's doing the wheeling, dealing, and all the trading and that kind of stuff. The one who wanted to, was it the, bought the wine, wanted to sell up the wine, and then, then thought about right. the stuff. So I think. You could think of Ugnan Moore as the kind of the clerk, the the sort of like the the, oh, okay. the, pep, the pa- oh, paper so, pusher.
3: So, uh, well, she does the deals. He he checks the writing. Uh, what are they called? Contracts. He does the contracts, but she she make the deals.
0: And the cooking. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
3: So so, con- so you negotiate cons- with her, and then you uh he'll look over the contracts or what did you call them? The marks, and uh right. and he'll sign them on our behalf.
0: Yeah, I like to uh, cook the books. Cook the books. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, terrible pun. <laughs> all right, so Alice is right, okay, so you, Miss, you're actually in charge of this crew. I get it, I get it, no offence that the big lad here does uh, all of the talking. I understand that, but you're in charge. Um, Cherry would probably nod. Uh, probably look to Silk first just to make sure that committed some terrible um mistake
4: i give him a very imperious uh, glance from down my nose. and okay. nod
1: all right so cherry will agree so to cut the sh- to cut to the chase then uh, folks aroth will i'm not sure happily but aroth will agree crew to help you ambush the ship that comes in but the planning is obviously up to you You've got to work out when the ship's going to come in, where it's going to dock and so on. In return, he will sign basically a pirate's letter of money. So what that means is if you get, if he gets into difficulty such that uh, he needs funds, he needs a new ship, he needs crew, he needs anything like that, he could come to you and ask for money. Yes, he's making money himself. But if you want him to work for you, particularly the ship, if the ship needs replacing, if his ship needs major repairs, not major repairs, since you basically own his ship, he's going to come to you for the wherewithal to, to repair it. So it's like, like
3: a merchant venture contract, i.e. you yeah, take some of the risk on with him. Yeah, Just so you well. take some of the risk,
1: yeah. Um, the difficulty is, though, so basically, he... Is wanting you to sign off on the fact that you are aware that well, and basically um, act as a pirate. He's going to uh, take ships, scuttle ships, sink ship, um, destroy crews, massacre crews, etc. The letter of mark means, though, you tell him who he can and cannot attack.
3: Okay, so that that doesn't that's more acceptable. We'll have to sign up the letter of mark and draw it up when we get to more civilised lands and we can yes yeah, so we don't yeah. mind attacking and who we do. Has no. a
2: question yep. has a question. So Numel, Numel turns to Aroth and he says, Aroth, do you currently have a letter of Mark with somebody else and are you suggesting that this new letter of Mark would uh, repeal that letter?
1: No. Uh, no letter of Mark. Uh, the Scourge and its brave crew, and he wipes a tear from his eye. What's left of the, the scourge and its brave crew? Um, we were freebooters, so everything was our was our prey. Let her remark, though, since you're willing to go 50-50. Um, the way it works, fella, is uh, you tell us who we can attack and who we can't. We do the business that uh, you traders won't. Well. Uh, any cargo that we seize, we get half, you get half. Any ships that we seize, you either sell and give us half the profit or we come to some some arrangement, and that's the way it works.
4: I lean over to Ugnin, and I kind of whisper something to him, but I make a a big show of it, and I I basically, why don't we introduce them to my house Elgata, who I'm pledged to as a knight.
0: That's good thinking, lass.
4: That way, we don't have any involvement with this and
1: also God is
0: better
1: equipped to handle If you remember, uh, Silk, or a memory roll, I don't mind, and either in memory. No problem. Silk, if you remember working for and house politics, merchant house politics in Selkai, are quite unpleasant and messy. And if you can remember, there's already sort of a a bitter rivalry which growing to the point of bloodshed between your house and another house. You remember there's been a mysterious death, Mm -hmm. um, the culprit of which hasn't been found, which you were beginning to get involved with before you left Selkai. You suspect, as a loyal agent for the house, that actually this could be a very valuable weapon to the house. They've now got, if you handle the negotiations right, a tough, hardened crew. If you can get them a vessel, that's fantastic. They've got a tough, hardened crew sailing a pirate vessel that is loyal, or a letter of marquee, something that pirate crews don't break uh, because they can never be trusted again. It's a little bit like, um, I don't know, a mercenary band of soldiers. If you break, on track, nobody's going to hire you again because trusted. Yeah,
4: like so
1: being, Arothin, I mean... that's right. So our in saying, well look, mark we'll... oh, that's quite a big deal. Clearly Cran's really generous suggestion of a 50% profit which is huge, um, is significant and certainly going to help Aroth get off the island. Aroth's crew and a ship could be very, very valuable for however it would mean that would there would be a bunch of make no mistake, is he already Aroth and his crew are murderers and killers and thugs. The only reason they didn't slaughter you as soon as you arrived to get off. The only reason Cherry, um, Shana, and Silk weren't raped instantly is because they didn't know exactly who you were. Mm-hmm. Well, that won't be the same when they get off the island. So don't expect that this crew are going to go round and politely seize control of ships. They're going to do it in the most ruthless manner you can imagine
4: right so that's that's what i mean by us not being involved with them but yeah
1: you you won't be course depending on open skill with a letter of mark you could put in clauses about treatment of women treatment of children um you could forbid aroth and his crew to sell any children or women into captivity you could stipulate that women and children are to be treated with some respect, for example. So Aroth is quite happy to sign a letter of mark. It's something that as a uh, more of a seam and the new folks are, he knows of these things. What little you know, probably through silk, I suspect. But Cran is a, a an experienced mercenary and uh, for want of a better phrase, hard case, um, you know that pirates have, a, or some pirates anyway, um, have sort of a peculiar code of honour that that is to do with a contract. I suppose a letter of mark is equivalent, you suspect, to uh, a deed that mercenary bands will sign up to. So you reckon that as soon as we can get everybody uh, as soon as you've got something signed, Aroth will probably be good to the contract that you agree with him. uh, although, so, uh Ugnan, master of the pen. Cran- Cran- I'll just um, say,
3: excuse me a minute, Aroth uh, and you boys, um, and I'll kind of lean over the table to whisper to my crew in a bit of a huddle. I quite, I really liked uh, Silk's idea of making this Elgarth a responsibility which incredibly powerful noble house wouldn't want a mercenary ship operating out of legal jurisdiction that's under their pay? Yeah, exactly. And I suspect, I suspect they've got enough funds there to dwarf whatever the these boys could make by stealing ships, like bolts of cloth and all the risk that entails. they be in danger, but they could direct them. It may actually work out well for everyone.
2: Do we need to disclose, though? I mean, will Aroth have an issue with us just novating or assigning this letter of Mark over to the Algatas without his consent?
3: Well, great point. I mean, I think we need to wait until the Algarthas have had a discussion. We work for them or with them. Um, but I think we need to be straight with Aroth now. And actually, the potential for him is possibly bigger than becoming a pirate. I don't like the sound of this. his advisory, Scott, Weasley bloke, but um, I could maybe embarrass him into making a decision without him or something.
0: Well, at least uh, they're
2: honest in front legit. of us. He's going legit if he's um, working for the Algarters.
1: Yeah, Paul Gno, who's the second, Um, clearly not a native Delk, but he's got that, I wouldn't say sleazy, but he's got an urbane, clever, calculating manner about He's clearly somebody who's been around the block a number of times. Nobody carries a scimitar around with a group of cutthroats if you don't know how to use it. But he's clearly the thinker in the group. I suppose, not to be rude, Cran, he's Uğnan's um, equivalent.
0: Can he cook, though?
1: No, I, <laughs> he's, he's beyond me. I cook. No, I, I hire. I hire people to. <laughs> I,
0: uh,
1: no, no, cooking not for me.
3: Uh, I tell you, Argonne cooks up a nice bit of
0: Rook. You can try it on my, my, wor- my <laughs> Wyvern.
1: Ah, now, that might be something you might have to be careful of. If, <laughs> um, at some point, if Aroth, or particularly Porgno, realizes that one of you predicted Rook, hmm, the letter's going to get very interesting. Mm. <laughs> okay, so Aroth is quite happy to. Um, I say happy. Aroth is keen because Porgno sees an advantage in. To sign a letter of mark, he will help you attack the ship. So he says. So when is this going to happen? When when is the ship due? You said a week.
3: Week, maybe just yeah, under. We don't, we don't know exactly. It's probably uh, five days plus
1: five to eight days away. All right. He says. So uh, look, the likelihood is, if you uh, if you don't know the layout of the island, that the really the only way to approach the island if they come and they come coming to it as well. Yep. Yeah.
3: Yeah, we just got the jump on them. So yeah, looking for the same right. stuff we are. But for well, the diff- way in,
1: they're about to come across, bound to come near this stockade. So I suppose a simple idea would be let them discover the uh, stockade. Group of us in here, um, we out ambush them and then march them back to the ship and take the ship. But you know, simple. How how tough are these boys? Quite tough. I suspect quite tough.
0: Magic user amongst them. Sorcerer.
1: But lady there, she can, she can handle that stuff, can Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, him, and he points across to you, Newman. So uh, I know he's one of them CL. Good in a fight, is he? What's his skill? I can handle myself. Well, so can I. I've been on this island on my own. for. I came back, didn't I, from the temple? He looks at you and says, all right, all right, I'll get it, i get it. So this this city, I, I still don't understand. You you came here in that airship, willingly to go into the I mean, if you think the temple was tough, and I get it, and he looks across at all of you, making eye contact with many of you, I understand that it's really dangerous to turn you new male, so you can handle yourself. But the city, trust me, that is, that's got to be a level above. It's full of demons, just getting into the city, trying to get in, Almost killed. Really? Look, mate, you don't get it. We have to do this, no matter I the risk. We have certain Look, skills. Well, I hope those skills are dodging <clears throat> fire that is fired from the wall. There is a great big red wall that goes around the entire island. We try to climb over the walls, and there are these, well, these these like statues that are on the wall, and they fire. Fire bolts. I'm not kidding fire comes out of these things eyes and that took out some of the lads and the gate which is the only way in is a demon now, I don't mean a thing with like wings and claws I mean a bloody great big 50 foot demon a great big mouth now as far as I could see that was the
0: only way in but
1: mm. yeah. I can help you with
0: that so well you you already have
1: there's well, a,
0: no. as a password for the door, isn't there?
1: How do you know
0: that? Well, we know more now. We know the password itself. You know the password?
1: How do you find that out? took us ages. It's in a book. What book?
0: A book in a temple. Oh,
1: right.
0: I was thinking of... I was
1: waiting for you to drop me. Something. I know. Uh, the one that... Uh, the one that we found in the tower that we're not supposed to go to your <laughs> headquarters. <laughs> um, oh, right. Because, uh, okay, well, if you know the password then, that is your only way in. Otherwise, just getting in, well, that's, that's, I mean, it took us through trial and error to figure out what the password is. Well, what is it then? What do you think it is?
4: Well, that's just the case. We need to know how to pronounce the password. It's written down, of course, oh, and committed all
1: right. To all right. He smiles, and he says, look, as a gesture of tr and faith, and he looks, you Cran, and nods. The password that we've used to get in is, and he tells you what it is, Teroglostrod, which matches what you've got in your book. Say that and the demon will basically let you in. The demon's going to appear. Don't attack God's sake, don't attack it. Even if you know the password, it will just, it will react. If you tell it what what your password is, it will open its mouth wide. It will stick out its tongue. And I swear you just walk across its tongue. Walk across its tongue. Go straight into its mouth, and you come out the other side. I don't know how it works. I don't know why it works. I don't even know what it's doing there. But that's how you get in. After that, I don't know of anything that is going to keep those demons, ghosts, and the other horrors that are in there off you. They'll eat your face.
0: How um? how do you get back out again, then?
1: He looks at you and says, "Will you go straight out the gate. Again, I don't know how it works. That that face, that, that horrible face that that thing has, faces both ways. Uh, only this time there's no tongue because that tongue crosses the water. You just walk into its mouth and then you appear on the other end of the tongue, walking onto the road. I don't know how it works. He shakes his head, don't ask me.
0: I know, if and if you know,
1: and Paul Dno doesn't say, make it even make eye.
0: So let, let's say we've just walked through the tongue. We're on the other side. What are we yeah, going to yeah. see immediately in front of us? Is it going to be demons in the streets, or are they hiding, or, or, or they come at night? What what is it? Well, we went we went during the day, and
1: uh, you'll see things moving around, uh, shapes. Um, some some of the lads thought they were they were some of the crew, which was daft because we knew the crew had died. But um, you mm-hmm. know we um, they, they they were just well we thought they were crew. Some of the lads wouldn't listen and ran after them and just never came back. Um, so you'll see shapes moving around. They might look like some of you lot, like, like your crew. They might look like your brother, your sister. Don't believe it. Everything you see in there is a lie. Don't trust anything. You'll see pet dogs. You'll see the cat that you had when you nipper. It won't. It, it'll, it'll eat you. It'll kill you. Everything in there is a lie. The whole place, a lie. We we went oh. in there hoping to something to get us to the cursed place. Oh, we just lost... What was it pulled? No? Ah, yeah, many. That's a dozen. A dozen, Chief. A dozen. We lost a dozen. All oh, lies.
0: Lies. Oh, dear. Oh. We have to tie a bloody rope right round Silk, don't we? And that's where we'll leave this episode. Ooh, a bit scary sounding this demon-infested city as we you already looks like we'll have to get through that mouth then hopefully ignore everything and not go mad as usual thanks very much for watching or listening however you do this thing thanks very much if you subscribe or you liked all that other kind of stuff Uh, not much else for me to say really check out the description for anything else and thanks again catch you next time cheers